we wanted to spend some time, I know we, we talk about missions, and rightly so, and global missions, and I'll give you a little reports on that a little bit later today, but you know, we also need to pray and reach out to our own country, of course. And so wanted to take a few minutes, we're going to pray for our country, specifically though, for our, our part in reaching uh, our fellow Americans, the, our fellow citizens of the nation. And so we have a few prayer requests. We're going to put them on the screen and then have maybe one or two you pray out loud and then I'll pray and then we'll just get through each, each one of those three together. So let's pray for America today. And the first one, the first request is this, that we pray for our leaders and the Word of God tells us, this is biblical, First <laughs> Timothy 2, 1 and 2. First of all then, first means first, I mean it's important for Paul here, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings, kinds of prayers, be made for all people, specifically for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. So let's pray for our leaders now. Whoever like, a couple of you pray out loud for us. And Lord God, for our leaders, for our president, our senators, Congress people, for, um, for in, in Washington, D.C., and in our state, uh, Lord, and even on our local level, our schools, our um, uh, counties and cities, Lord, there are people that are in positions of power. But Lord God, no matter how powerful they are on earth, in your kingdom, they still need Jesus Christ. Every single human being needs to bow their knee to you. And so, Lord, I pray for the blessing of salvation for them, that they would bow their knee, they would hear your Holy Spirit, they would realize it doesn't matter how important they are here, but before you, before the King of Kings, they need the blood of Jesus Christ to pay for their sins. And so, Lord, we pray for, uh, not even for our benefit, Lord, just for the benefit of their souls. We pray this in your name. The next prayer is to pray for us as churches uh, for, to do God's will and make disciples. That's what we're called to do in our country and in the world beyond. And Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Let's pray for our church and the other churches in our community to make disciples.
And Lord, we pray that you would fill us so much with your Holy Spirit that God, our lives are marked by love and joy and peace mm-hmm. and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. That we live and act and react in a way that is so countercultural because we're walking in the Spirit. That we are those lights. Mm-hmm. That Yes, God, we, um, I confess, has done it myself. I know in other churches in our areas, churches get so busy doing everything but what you've commanded us to do. And Lord, it doesn't mean those things are worthless, but Lord, we just get distracted. And so, God, we pray that we, as we go forth, even today, as we go into our jobs, as we go into the community, in the other things that we're involved in around uh, our Monday through the rest of the week, that we would be remembering and focusing and seeking you to make disciples, to share our faith, and then to help others grow in that faith, teaching them to observe everything that you've commanded us. And finally, we pray for the church to represent Jesus well. Ephesians 4, 1 says, I therefore, prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you have been called ourselves before others.
Lord God, Paul also wrote to the Corinthian church about unbelievers coming into the church body and just sensing that you're there. And Holy Spirit, we, you, we know that you're here now as the living stones of the temple are gathered here today. We are the temple of God. We are the building uh, that you fill. And so, Lord, we uh, want to represent you well. We, won't, we don't want to be distracted by other issues. But, Lord, to be so utterly different, to be just jaw-dropping to the world, not by our own power and our own abilities, but, Lord, for wisdom to speak with gentleness and kindness, and yet, Lord, with great truth. Because our, our world, our culture, our, our fellow Americans are just dying and living the consequences of their own sin. And so, Lord, we, we call out not in, not in wishing for their, uh, their demise, but, Lord, wishing for them to come to you. Because we as your people have represented you and shown them that we are indeed your ambassadors. Thank you, Lord, for this time. Burden us for our fellow uh, uh, Americans that we are around locally and, and, and throughout our country. In your name, amen. Well, thanks, kids, for hanging with us and praying with us. They're going to go down and learn about kindness today. Which, guess what? You're going to learn today, too. We're going to look at that as we see when we walk in the Spirit... We walk in the Spirit, there is fruit. One of the specific fruits is kindness. It comes out. Now, kindness is a little bit different from the other fruits. For example, if I were to say to you, okay, right now at this moment, I'm being kind. You see me being kind here, right? I'm just telling you, I'm just, right now I am as kind as I could be. You're not seeing anything, are you? Because kindness is one of those things that is an act. It, it, it's an act of kindness that we uh, don't just feel. Like we know when, like last week we looked at patience. We know when we're patient and impatient. It's something that we feel and we sense. And it's a fruit of the Spirit. But kindness can't help but come out. Think about how, how kindness would change the world. Imagine just if every single person was, say, I don't know, let's throw a number out there, 20% more kind. Wouldn't that just be a phenomenal wave of, of goodness and kindness to come upon? I mean, imagine the amount of suffering that would end if just as a, as a world or nation or community or even in a family, if there was 20% more Kindness. It is a huge difference. The word for kindness in the New Testament is pronounced karastatas. karastatas. And, it, and it means, and it can be translated in different ways, uh, like kindness, for example, generosity, goodness or moral goodness, integrity. But again, it, assu it assumes that something is being done that is kind, an act of kindness. A lot of people think about kindness while well, giving of money is kind. It certainly includes that, but it, it's certainly also much more. Uh, remember, though, just kind of file this little fact away. When it comes to that, that Greek word, uh, karastatos, normally it's translated kindness, 
but sometimes it's translated goodness. Just file that away for a little bit because we're gonna, we're gonna see a verse where that happens. Uh, there's a problem though, and it's a theological problem, it's a moral problem that we as humans have in being kind. That's not our base nature. We, we are born as sinners. We are children of wrath. It doesn't mean that people can't do something kind if they don't know Christ. Of course they can. But that's not our nature. All, Romans 3.12, all have turned aside. Together they've all become worthless. No one does good. In this case, no one is kind, not even to one another. God's kindness is very much linked to this idea of mercy as well. His mercy, his grace. Uh, you may look up later Romans 11, 21 and 22. Romans 11, 21, 22. Uh, this morning with our um, uh, review preview time with the guys, we read this passage from Ephesians. Very uh, common, known to a lot of people, Ephesians 2. But God being rich in mercy, because of the great love which he had for us, even we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with the heavenly places in Christ, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Jesus Christ. Yeah, very familiar passage. I want to go over another one, spend a little bit more time there, that's almost a parallel passage. And, you know, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace you would say through faith, John 3, 16, those are a lot of common verses and for good reason that a lot of people know. But there's this passage in Titus chapter 3 that is almost the exact same message and it's very powerful describing God's kindness. Uh, and so I just wanted to kind of introduce this to you as well. Uh, and so let's read through it again, three, three, three through seven, uh, and you'll see the parallels uh, between that one I just read, Titus three, three through seven. But boy, this just describes the gospel so clearly. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy hated by others and hating one another. Everyone's sinful. Everyone's bad. But when the goodness of God, goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us not by works done by us in righteousness, we're not saved by works, but according to his own mercy, by the washing and regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior so that by being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So we're, why did I read that? Because kindness, like the other fruits, is rooted in the character of God. He is kind beyond kind. Both of those passages, Titus 3, Ephesians 2, emphasize the old way of life, and then the Lord intervenes. The old way, he says, you are foolish, disobedient, enslaved to passion, envy, and hate. In other words, not very nice people. Selfish, narcissistic, not even seeking after God. And then both passages have what is called the, 
but God moment. If you go visit the Clarion campus at any time, there is a, uh, a picture of this uh, symbol, and, I, and I'm sorry, I just thought of this today, otherwise I would have checked it out a little bit more, but it's from another language, and I think it's from the Far East, and it means, but God. And so we see this hopeless situation of mankind, but God. You can't be saved by your works, but God. You're completely sinful in your very nature, but God. And, and you think, well, that sounds pretty good, but what if God's not good? What if he is evil? What if he's vindictive? Well, he's not. You know what he is? He's kind. And it's a good thing. He's kind. He's merciful. He's loving. And there's a very interesting phrase in here. It says, but when the goodness and loving kindness of our God, our Savior, appeared. That's in verse uh, 4. And you think, oh, well, there's that word kindness. Well, here's literally what he's saying. Remember I told you kind of file it away. That word for kindness can also be translated goodness. Well, it's actually our word for kindness, and I'll read it for you again, karastatas. That's really the, ver, the word goodness. So the, we use the ESV translation normally on Sundays. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, that first goodness, that's that word we're looking at, kindness from Galatians 5. And, and then you say, well, what's loving kindness? That's the word phileo, which is one of the love verbs of loving someone. And that often is translated loving kindness. So where am I going with this? Because Paul's really underlining, highlighting the kindness of God. He's literally saying, but the kindness and the loving kindness of God. Boy, he's just pounding that down. That's why that but God moment is so important because he's so kind, even to us that don't deserve it. Uh, and I think the reason why the ESV didn't say kindness and loving kindness is it sounds redundant. It's, again, similar words. It's almost like when you hear of God being strong and mighty. What's the difference between the two? But what's it telling you about his strength? It means there's a lot of it. Say, he's not just kind, he's kind and loving kind. That's how, how great it is. It, it is the always versus our always versus God's character. It appeared, the meaning this at the sacrifice of Jesus. Think about this. The kindness of God, the kindness of Jesus, cost him his life. That's how kind it is. It is not by our works because we don't have any. Because we're, again, jerks. The act of kindness, his act of kindness saved him from ourselves. So this, this kindness is in opposition of who we really are. It's not just kindness to a random person. You see someone broken down on the road or opening a door for someone at the store. Regardless of, it, it's not just that. It's the person who annoys, frustrates, and even opposes us. Why are we talking about God's kindness? Because he's the model. He was kind. He is kind, even to those who don't like him. 
So how does that look in our lives? Well, we should perform acts of kindness. The person who's walking in step, listening and obeying the Spirit of God, you should see kindness like that. And I want to read to you again another familiar passage. And just to, to be honest and upfront about it, the word kindness is not mentioned in here. But there's certainly things we would call kindness. And I give it to you as an example. Luke 10, Jesus, well, Jesus was asked, who's my neighbor that I should love my neighbor? And Jesus told this parable. Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed on the other side. Old Testament priest, someone who should have known to love his neighbor, did not in this case. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. Same idea. Someone who serves the Lord in the temple, a Levite, should have known to love his neighbor. He didn't. But a Samaritan... John tells us the Jews don't want anything to do with Samaritans. They hate Samaritans' guts. Was that racist? Yes, it was. But they couldn't stand them. The Samaritans and the Jews didn't get along together. Samaria was right in between the northern part of Israel, Galilee, and the southern part of Israel, Jerusalem. And a Jewish person, unless they were in a super big hurry or was an emergency, would go all the way around just to not step their feet in Samaria. It's why it was a big stinking deal when Jesus talked to a Samaritan woman at the well. Okay? And so Jesus picked this person. This, a Samaritan doesn't mean good person. Samaritan means a person from Samaria. All right? So a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was and saw him and he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds pouring on oil and wine, first aid. And he set uh, him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii, that's a couple days wages, and gave them to the innkeeper saying, take care of them and whatever you, more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Total stranger. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among robbers? And he said, this is the guy who asked Jesus, who's my neighbor, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said, you go do likewise. So again, kindness is an act. It does not consider, for example, what others may or may not have done. When this Samaritan came by, he didn't think, maybe he deserves this. Maybe this is a result of his own poor choices. Maybe he was just being foolish. You get what you deserved. He made his bed. Let him sleep in it. Kindness doesn't think that way. It doesn't. Kindness stems from compassion. We saw the Samaritan. He saw him. He had compassion. He went, oh my goodness. This man will die unless someone helps them. You know what else kindness does? It takes risks. It takes a risk. So this Road, obviously, was dangerous. They're robbers. Am I going to get hurt if I help that man, if I stop to help him? Are the thieves still around? 
Or is he just a plant to get me to stop and, and then so I could be ambushed? Kindness doesn't do that. And I know for us, when we're considering helping a stranger, there's risk involved. And yes, yeah, some people will get hurt. And sometimes you just know where you're at. There are things, you know, there are things you know you shouldn't do or shouldn't do in places where you lock your car. And I guess there are all kinds of things now I'm hearing that if you, you see a, a $10 bill underneath your, your um, uh, windshield wiper, don't get out. You know, that might be trying to lure you in somewhere. And even in helping people, you could be lured in. Kindness doesn't feel that way. I just heard of a, a ministry in Thailand where uh, prostitution is just as rampant as it could be. And, uh, you know, and I'll mention liber- living in liberty later today, but so many women are kidnapped and uh, enslaved into the prostitution rings. There are believers who go and raid brothels to rescue, they physically rescue these women. And let me tell you, are those believers risking their lives? Yeah, they are. There's a lot of money there. But kindness, kindness takes practical steps uh, as well. They, they, they take risks. So we saw the Samaritan dressed his wounds. He moved him, he provided for him. It just, it doesn't just feel kindness, it does something. Sometimes it costs. You see this Samaritan paid actual money. I mean, he, was, he had some business to do, but he made sure that the innkeeper would take care of them and reimburse them. And it also doesn't seek reimbursement. You never see or hear that the Samaritan says, you're going to pay me back, right? He just takes care of it. He, um, yeah, he, he, and he does it without consideration of the worth of the recipient. What, what nationality? Well, this man, the victim, came from Jerusalem. He was going to Jericho. He, the assumption there is he was an Israelite. Remember? They hate Samaritans. And the Samaritan says, thinking, this guy is probably an Israelite, and he hates me just because I live in Samaria. You know what he did? Showed him kindness. Doesn't that sound like God? Doesn't that sound like him when we do not, when, when someone, when we do not love God, God still shows kindness. Kindness and mercy go hand in hand. You know, by the way, just as a little side note, we could also be kind to God. And just look up later, Mark 14, 6, where a woman anointed Jesus' feet. It says, she's done a good work for me. She's been kind to me. So when we're walking in the Spirit, do we see kindness? Now think of it this way. We were debating this earlier a little bit. Is kindness really kindness if we like the person we're being kind to? Let me give you an example. We were in Greensburg yesterday before the torrential, the way rains came down. Uh, at a kind of an arts and crafts fair. And they had tons of kids' toys. They had this really cool ping pong ball crossbows. Pull out, shoot, ping pong ball. And, you know, we got this little grandson now, and, 
And I just can't wait till he gets bigger in order to <laughs> cause all kinds of trouble. But he just smile. He's a smiler. He smiles all the time. I think, oh, Cade wants that. Oh, Cade, let's get that for Cade. Uh, I mean, we would have spent hundreds and hundreds of dollars because I just, I just love Cade. And you, those of your grandparents get that. Am I being, and we, we did get him one thing. Am I being kind to Cade? Well, technically, yeah. But you know what? It's really easy for me to be kind to Cade. His mama calls, puts him on FaceTime, and his face gets up. He just smiles. You want a car? Okay. <laughs> it's easy for me to be kind to Cade. You know what's hard? Being kind to someone who's not kind to me or hurts my family. That's tough. Kindness is harder for those we don't like, but remember, that kind of kindness imitates God. That kind of kindness imitates God. We have to remember his kindness toward us too. And so when we're thinking that person doesn't deserve it, they're, they're horrible. I, every time I see them, it just brings me pain and agony. I did too. And I don't care if you were converted as a, a child, a little, uh, you know, uh, and really you're very blessed if you had a childhood conversion or you came to the Lord later it doesn't matter. Everyone, every single person had sin and they were opposed to the Lord and they didn't like his kindness. And God's like that. It's the but God moment. He still gave his son for us. So the question is, to whom can we show kindness? Maybe, even if it's praying for a person, or showing compassion, or being willing to help them. Maybe someone with offensive political leanings, you just don't like what they, what they believe. Be kind to them in words or in deeds. What if someone is vain or cruel or arrogant? Oh, don't they just bug you? The person who walks in the Spirit shows kindness to them. What if someone is different? What if... What if they physically smell bad? Be kind. Be kind. Someone, here's the, here's the harder ones, someone who has lied or hurt you. Keep showing kindness. And I, I get it. There's a natural objection where you say, that's really hard. And I agree. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we can be kind even to the unkind. Even to the unkind. And then there's just a practical question to ask. Would we want this, our standard of what we show kindness to, would we want God to apply that to us? He doesn't. He doesn't. Let's take some time to pause and pray, and then I have several announcements today. Um, but, you know, let's, let's begin. Let's make sure we're praising him and encourage you with all your times of prayer. Spend some time in praise to God, just seeking his face. But he is good and kind to us. Even if you just want to say that. And then because of his kindness, we are made heirs of Jesus Christ. That came up in the other passage as well. And then here's, a, a, again, a sample prayer. You might, I pray for an opportunity. 
opportunity to show kindness, you could fill in the blank so that they may recognize the Lord's kindness for them. Would you, again, I know we spent a lot of time praying for America, but let's pray what we've applied and heard today about the kindness. But please spend some time just praising him for who he is and thanking him for his kindness. I don't think I know how deep your kindness is for me. I've read it. I've read about it. I have some understanding of it. But I think it's beyond my understanding and I want to know it better and better. And so I, I, I praise you. I thank you that you are good and so kind to us. Even as a believer, Lord, you are so patient as we looked at last week and yet kind to me. Some kindness may be in the form of your discipline for me or, or even the, the simple things we are appreciative of, the kindness of having a roof over our head, the kindness of having food to eat. Uh, the kindness of your spirit that dwells among us. Lord, we are, are grateful and, and pleased and so blessed beyond our words. Your kindness, Lord, has made us heirs with Christ. What a mind-blowing expression. That's how great your kindness was. We who were enemies of, of you, we who are walking dead people, and yet you were kind to us to reach down and gave us new life in Christ. God, I, I pray for those. I know maybe we're people here thinking of names, individuals. Maybe they work with them. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it is a, um, uh, just a, someone else in the community or a friend where they are hard to be kind to. And so, Lord, we thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit who we could walk with and, and be empowered by to show and express kindness to them and model you. Oh, how badly we need your spirit for that. And so, Lord, we don't want to do that by our flesh or by our own power, but in yours. In your name, amen. All right. Uh, several things. Uh, today, the uh, Word of Life students are they're on the road now. They left at, I think, 6 this morning. Our friend Paul has two kids going. Uh, Janie and Ty are on the way. And then Tom and Laura's grandchildren, Paige and Kylie, thank you, uh, are also on the bus. And so, again, there's an anonymous person who donated the almost $500 each uh, uh, um, fee for Word of Life Camp up in New York. And so that's pretty amazing. Uh, we have a prayer guide. It's the blue paper back on the counter. Um, but there's, a, there's, one, there's something for each day and some scriptures that go with that and what they'll be learning. But before we leave, after we're done here, just a few minutes after we finish our last song, um, meet me up front and we'll pray together for that first day, okay? If you're able to stay with us. But, uh, and we'll just use that guide as well. So that's today. Uh, and then on the 16th and a couple Sundays, a lot of talk about the return of Christ. Is it coming? Is it soon? Is it today? Uh, boy, that'd be great. It's a cloudy day and he's coming in the clouds. Maybe it's today. I actually always, I think it's more of those big cumulus clouds. Not the, not the high ones that you see. But that's just my personal uh, uh, vision of it. But um, on the 16th, Bring a dish to share. We'll have our regular church gathering. Have some, actually, we'll start while we're eating 
And then uh, there'll be some teaching uh, from uh, a video teaching from Right Now Media. And then we'll have some times to talk about those. Is it soon? And what are the signs? And what is the word, more importantly, what does the word of God say about the coming of Christ? What should we look for? So uh, that's again on the 16th. Uh, this week, July 4th, is Tuesday. There's no Tuesday Night Life group there. Uh, let's see, what else? Oh, speaking of camp, we have our own kids camp that's coming up uh, next week. If you signed up for a donation, a scholarship, a Walmart card or cash or whatever, if you committed to that, please bring that next week so we can bring all those and that the the team has time to do all the shopping and everything. So those are, again, those color cars back there. You can look at those. But next week is the deadline for it. Uh, and then uh, we are now uh, officially supporting our, our new missionary. His name is Gary Friesen with, uh, um, I just blanked on the name. It's ABC and Community, All Bible and Community. That's it. He's working in Rwanda. He's heading back. One of the things he does is train pastors and God gave him a vision to bring in 70,000 books for resources. They have no library. There's no library of Christian book resources and commentaries and so forth. I think they're only, last I heard was about maybe 5,000 or so short uh, of that goal. And so um, imagine shipping all those books and setting up a library for, for new pastors. And so uh, we'll be giving you emails as we hear from Gary. And he wanted me to express to you, thank you. We are supporting you. It's not a ton, but we are supporting him uh, each month uh, with the ministry there. So uh, pray for him. And as once, if I get any hard copy things and uh, you know, flyers or so forth, we'll get them out to you. But uh, that has started. The other one, just update on Living in Liberty. Uh, just a praise. They had a golf outing. Uh, they raised twenty-three thousand uh, dollars for again their rescuing of of uh, mainly women who are involved with or uh, enslaved in sex trafficking. Uh, they also have this boutique, and it's it's called Sozo, which is the Greek word for he for I save or he saves, uh, and uh, it's a boutique. Everything they make has been made for or by women have been rescued from sex trafficking. And so you can, you can go on your website and look at that. They have, a, or actually have a Facebook page. It's S-O-Z-O, S-O-Z-O, Sozo. Uh, and check that out as well. Um, again, leather, copper, necklaces, earrings, all that kind of stuff. And also they're going to be at the Mars, Mar, Mars Maker Market on July 28th. So uh, why don't you be aware of that? I'm actually, one more thing with them. I am going to take a volunteer training with them about middle of July, I, think, I want to say 19th, I could be wrong, it's like the third or fourth week in July, it's in McKee's Rocks, uh, and if you're thinking, you know, God might be leading you to help with that as well, there's only so much I could do as a man, uh, and, but uh, we'll see what, they said, yes, we need your help, so please come over, uh, but ladies, that is an opportunity where you can uh, possibly do counseling or ministering to other ladies uh, in that who've been, again, enslaved in that. So if you're interested in that or that time doesn't work, they do that training every month, okay? Just see their, their website, livinginliberty.com.